The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the Welcome power. to the Big Footy podcast. I'm Rick Newenhoven. This is brought to you by Port Fan Radio, New Vision and Soto's Fish and Chips because we've got the man... Macca, he's back. How are you, Macca? Good, buddy. Self? Yeah, very, very good. It's a lovely. Uh, I don't know what is the time. Six thirty in the morning here in Orlando, Florida, and it's a it's a cracking twenty five degrees. So how can I how can I be sad about that? Nice. It's uh, around about the same here. It's got to be said. It's uh, quite nice weather. A little bit balmy this evening, which is good. And uh, yeah. Been well, mate. I guess uh, the results the past couple of weeks could have been better, but uh, look, I guess there's lots of room for improvement and lots to talk about. Man, watching the weather from afar, Adelaide's been crazy. It's been like we're still in February. It's still hot. It's still been 30 degrees every second day. It's, uh, yeah, it's been mental. It's great. Excuse me. Well, that's it's better than freezing cold. I just came from zero from Chicago, so uh, yeah, Chicago. take it and and appreciate it because zero isn't fun. And what's the <laughs> macker update? It's been what probably a month since you've been on or close to. What have you been yeah, up about to, that. mate? Just lots of work, lots of work, buddy. Yeah, yeah. working kids. That's about it. How are you? The kids are keeping you busy. I mean, any tips for all the young aspiring parents out there? Don't have three kids. <laughs> Is it even numbers? If, if, if you value your sanity, don't have three kids. So what do you think the limit is? Less than three. One, one's good. Two's a stretch. I love having three, don't get me wrong. But it is, uh, it is tiring. It's yeah. hard work. So I always said to people, should either have one, two, or four. Always uh, have even numbers. What do you think of that? Or eight. Just go for gold. <laughs> go for gold. <laughs> go for gold. So, um, in other shocking news for Port Adelaide, we're having a bit of a bad run at the moment, individually and as a club. Uh, I, I woke up to find out Todd Marshall's father's passed away. Yes, that's uh, just absolutely heartbreaking news um for a a young man that lost his mother in october last year to then lose his father six months later is uh you know what there's nothing that can be said it's just a a horrible heartbreaking situation for todd and your your thoughts just have to go out to him and uh he's he's taking indefinite leave from the club from football for a while so how long that's going to be, who knows. Um, I'm sure the club will give him as much time as he needs uh, to process this and and uh, and get his head around what's happened. Yeah, I mean, look, like you said, losing his mother and now his uh, father is obviously going to uh, um, rock him as a as a as a child that's lost a parent. I must admit, you know, it doesn't matter what age; it's it's tough. Um, but yep. being a bit of a younger fan, um, it's going to make it even younger fan, a younger person. It's going to make it even tougher. So uh, yeah, let him have his time to grieve and process. I mean, in a way, he's lucky. He's got the uh, club environment and the, his teammates to surround him in, at, at this time. So hopefully, he recovers yeah. nice and quickly for himself. Well, I believe he's got four siblings, so they're all going to get a lot of support for each other there and. Uh, as you said, you know, the club will help him out in any any which way possible. Um, you know, our, our captain lost his father at a young age as well. So, um, you know, your heart just has to go out for him. What a just, yeah. I've got nothing to say. I, I Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's not something that I would wish on anyone. Um, no, it's, it's just an absolutely horrible situation. But, it is uh, shitty. This is a Port Adelaide podcast, so I guess we've got to talk about what that means for the team at this point in time because he was playing very, very good football um, up until this week when he was a late out. Um, you know, if we if we're without him for one, two, four, six weeks, uh, there's no doubt it's going to have an impact. 
Yeah. Uh, I look at it, I really think it, it needs to be um, basically uh, Billy Frampton or someone's going to have to come in. Really. Yeah. We... Uh, he, he, we needed that extra tool in our structure, and, and we, we did miss him last week. And uh, yeah. you know, with our ruck situation as well, which has been spoken about ad nauseum, um, yeah, I can't see how Billy Frampton, who's worked well around the grounds, maybe not in the ruck, uh, yeah. can't stay out of sight. Yeah, well, look, I mean, Billy's obviously the popular choice on Big Footy, and that's fair enough. Uh, is he ready? Is he not ready? I'm not too sure. I, I do like his forward work. He's a good contested mark. He's a good kick for goal. Um, does he have the fitness base to do that, that sort of up-and-back running that's going to be required of him to play as a key forward at AFL level? I'm not too sure. Probably not at this stage, but look, I'm all for giving Billy a bit of a go and seeing what happens there. Um yeah, he might surprise. He might come out and kick two or three goals on debut or something and uh, and really make a bit of a name for himself. Well, I just think it's a bit early to play Sam Hayes. That's all I think. Yeah, you can't, probably can't play Sam Hayes as a forward. Um, you know, he's... Yeah, you know, I, I expect Sam might get some games this year. Um, but probably not... At, at this stage, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, let's just let the kid develop and build his body and uh, all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, I guess that will be for the selection night show on uh, Thursday night. Yeah. But, well, look, yeah. I guess the other thing that we need to talk about is that uh, the tribunal has just finished and given their ruling on Lindsay Thomas, he's out for four weeks. Uh, across two different suspensions. He got one week for striking Joel Selwood and he's been given three weeks for, for his uh, bump on Scott Selwood. Um, what did you think of the bump? Do you think it was worth three weeks? Um, and uh, what a debut for Lindsay Thomas. <laughs> it's got to be said. I could see I could see it being given games, right? So um, I didn't mind the physicality that he brought because I've said plenty of times before um, I think we're a bit too meek at times uh, yeah. I think the timing of when he chose to do it was out we probably had more of the momentum at that time and uh, well yeah. that's what I thought uh, listening to the game on radio um, so I didn't think we ne- he necessarily needed to do it at that time Probably the first quarter would have been better, but I guess look, he players are just instinctive beasts, aren't they? You know, and you know we we sit here with hindsight and criticise every action that they do. Um, who knows what he was thinking? You know, he probably just thought, "Geez, I hate the Selwoods as much as what we do," and they went, "I'm going to hit this guy," or maybe he just went, "Yeah, I'm going to get hit here." Uh, I'm going to protect myself and and bump him because I don't want to get hurt. Um, who knows? So, but yeah, look, I, I think three weeks is about fair. What do you think? I would have thought two. Look, I thought it was a bloody good bump. To be honest, let's be serious. That was an absolute cracker of a bump, um, and it was almost the perfect bump because he didn't really hit him in the head. He got him in the arm and then in the shoulder. It. Like, the amount of furor and media backlash over this incident is absolutely ridiculous. And someone like Cameron Ling coming out and saying, oh, he could have made Scott Selwood a quadriplegic. Cameron Ling, you are an absolute fuckwit. Let's face it. You are an absolute dick. Are that you is the dumbest there was no thing swearing I... on this show? Well, sometimes it's, uh, it's worth it. And let's face things. That is the dumbest comment I've ever heard in my life. Anyone say about any subject at all, Cameron Lang, you're a tool. Uh, give it up because you've got no idea about anything at all. How you are in the media, it's an absolute joke. And look, good on Campbell Brown and Wayne Carey for, for telling it how it is and saying that um, this has all gone way too far. The incident was nowhere near as bad as what uh, it was made out to be. And Wayne Carey made a very, very good point, which was that if Lindsay Thomas had done the bump on Sean Higgins from North Melbourne like Ryan Burton did he'd be facing eight weeks off 
you know, it, it, it would be a completely different discussion as to what uh, has happened to Ryan Burton. Um, you know, Lindsay Thomas has got a reputation. He's not very well liked by uh, the, the broader sort of footy base, I would think. And um, I think the suspension sort of shows that as well. I mean, the, I guess, and this is the continual frustration of the AFL. I mean, the, um, the Ryan Burton bump, to get away with a clean, as a clean bump, nothing to see here. It's just ludicrous. Um, they've, they've come out with their well, mandate. It's just absolutely ridiculous that, you know, for the last, what, 10 years, we've, even longer, ever since the Byron Pickett bump back in the day, where he got six weeks or whatever it was, we've heard that the the head is sacrosanct. You're not allowed to hit the head. Even if it's accidental, bad luck. If you hit the head and someone gets concussed, you're in a world of hurt. You, you can say goodbye. You might as well go on holiday for a few weeks because you're not going to be playing any footy. Yeah. Um, but now, all of a sudden this year, we've got another idiot, Michael Christian, who was a shit footballer, was a shit commentator, and now he's a, a shit person at uh, judging these uh, suspensions. Um you know, has just decided that the last 13 years means absolutely nothing and we can just bump people in the head and uh, get Sean Higgins can have a reconstructive surgery to his face and you can get no weeks for it because it was an accident. Well, sorry, that's not good enough. Yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah, so who knows? But yeah, look, <laughs> I mean, let's just, I, would just, I just want precedence. That's all I want. In the AFL, just consistency. Just yeah. be consistent. Like Robbie well, Gray gets a week for, for, for what he did in the preseason. Ryan Burton nearly broke someone's jaw, and uh, he has to have plastic surgery to his lip because it was that badly damaged. And uh, no weeks. Where's the consistency? That's all That's you right. want. Consistent. Well, do you know? I I put up on the forum. Do you remember when uh, Hamish Harlow hit Seb Tape? Yeah. In at Footy Park. Yep. And uh, he got game, he got two games for that, I reckon. He did. It, it really what those two incidents were, were were very comparable. I mean, it was an accidental knock with a good bump from my memory. That's how I recall it anyway. And he got games yep. for that. It's just yeah, I just think yeah. And that's why I think if we have precedence in our adjudication in the AFL in in the tribunal at least that brings consistency and uh yeah well anyway i don't know what we uh, i don't know what we could do except for just bitch and moan about it because i don't think anything's going to change um mm. in a hurry and we got oh mac you've brought them all back dylan's on i have mate ryan's on porsche's, porsche's on. on ryan's on look ryan's just uh announced that uh, joel selwood got off for his um uh, his his one week suspension for punching Lindsay Thomas, and of course he did. Of course he was going to get off. That was the most obvious thing ever. <laughs> what they appealed it. They appealed it, and he got off. Of course he was going to get off. Again, precedence. It's just like, you know, how many jumper punches have got games? A few. How many haven't? A few. But you know, let's just get some consistency in there. It's just it's just um, a kangaroo court at the moment. Especially if you're a, uh, a Port Adelaide player, you seem to be screwed over all the time. Um, do, whilst we're banging not, on, not it. that I really want to whinge too much, but you know Hamish Hartler got suspended, I think, twice for giving a little rib tickler to Brad Hill as he ran past in two different games. He got suspended for that. Yes. Tom Mitchell elbows someone in the face. Nothing to worry about because he's the Brownlow favourite. Because you know we don't want to ruin the betting markets because uh, they're all sponsors of the AFL here um, yeah it's just ridiculous the, yes. the, 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 uh, the tribunal system is absolutely rigged and absolutely farcical and always will be I agree well the other thing is that I didn't have on the run sheet which I probably should now which goes in the same theme um, I noticed David Kosh came out yesterday and was very very negative against Channel Seven about the whole Sam and the AFL, I guess, about the whole Sam Power Pepper thing. Um, yeah. This has just become a never-ending story as well. 
Well, it is. Um, and who knows when it's going to end and, and what the end result will be. But, uh, again, it's just farcical. It's, it's just a farce. Um, and all it's doing is stuffing around a young guy's career. And, yeah, what sort of headspace is Sam going to be in when he comes back? You know, when Sam going to be able to come back? Uh, you know, it could be that he's not going to play for another three or four weeks, you know. And, uh, you know, it's just silly. It's just gone way overboard and... Um, you know, it just needs some sort of resolution pretty quick. I mean, why can't they show the club and Sam the full report? Well, exactly right. I would think it would be a non-negotiable. <laughs> like, if the AFL is uh, doing an investigation into something which is going to uh, potentially halt Sam Powell-Pepper's career temporarily then uh, we absolutely need to see the report and findings. The fact that they're not prepared to show it, um, you know, the, the, that's not good at all. And again, Where's the integrity there? Look, it's hearsay at best at the moment with no visual support outside of he was drunk and doing what drunk people do with other drunk people. Um, he's, had, he's copped a game for breaking team rules. Um, you know, he says that he's done nothing wrong. You know, she's not complaining anymore. I think that she was a naive girl that got sucked in by Channel 7. Oh, Suri's decided to uh, turn herself on. Sorry, she doesn't know what Channel 7 means. That's outrageous, Suri. Anyway, um, it's just, yeah, I just think it's one of those things. I, I, again, it's like the AFL just feels the need they have to do something when really they don't. Yeah. Correct. Is there anything else we need to say about Sam outside of he's sort of being lost at the moment? Yeah, look, I just hope he gets to play sometime soon at whatever level. You know, whether it's SANFL or AFL, I just hope he gets to play and uh, get his mind back on the job. Well, we need him, don't we? So, mm. absolutely. All right, let's just do a quick around the ground whip around. Um, I see there's a game on currently, so that's good. Richmond's beating Melbourne by... Something I won't say because people might want to watch it later. I don't know. The Suns beat Brisbane by five points. Um, Brisbane have been pretty sticky this year. Uh, North Melbourne. Brisbane. Yeah. Look, that, that was an interesting game. Um, Gold Coast deserved to win, I guess. Brisbane, like, I don't know. They, they had probably 20 chances in the last five minutes to score. And they just muffed every single chance. And uh, it was... Yeah, bad luck for Cam Rayner. He was uh, one of my favourites in the draft last year, went pick one. Uh, he had the chance to win it in the last second, uh, had a shot from 50 and, and pulled the kick. Um, and uh, Sorry, that would have tied the scores, not won it. But, uh, yeah, un- unfortunate for him, unfortunate for Brisbane. But, um, you know, they're at least competitive this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame for Brisbane that they lost. It would have been nice to see him have a win because they've been probably better than that. And... Uh... Yeah, but anyway, they're, they're making some progress. So, And it's good to see they bounce back after their Richmond debacle. Uh, yep. The Shingles beat Sydney, which sort of sucked. Um, we had yep. the draw with St Kilda and the Giants. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was interesting. Um, yeah. It looked like GWS were home, but uh, St Kilda clawed their way back in the last few minutes and um, should have had a mark with uh, with two seconds left. And uh, should have won the game. But, um, yeah, Carlisle, Butterfingers. Uh, it was a bit of a poor kick coming in, I must admit. But um, he should have marked that. And uh, and it would have won them the game. Yeah. Oh, well, sucks to be them. Uh, Eagles yep. uh, beat Carlton. Pretty predictable there, really. Carlton, yep. Carlton have gone backwards. It's a bit like... It's a bit like Port Adelaide being a, a work in progress for the last five years with Ken Hinckley and Carlton just continually sucking whoever's in charge. Yeah. Uh, well, look, they, you know, they're, they're a very, very young team. But they probably don't have any real elite players, except for maybe Patrick Cripps. That's about it. Um, yeah, look, they're probably going to finish bottom this year, I would think. Yeah. Shame. They'll probably get that SA boy. That's a bit of a bummer. Mm. The one you love yes. so much. Uh, Frio, yes. 
Frio knocked off the dogs by nearly 10 goals. So uh, Frio aren't as bad as what people were thinking in 2018. Uh, I think it's more that the dogs are much worse than people were expecting in 2018. Yeah. And um, North Melbourne knocked off the Hawks, which... um, And it was interesting that Alex Dick-Clarkson, in his post-match, you know, was saying he was frustrated as much as anybody that his team didn't come to play even though they prepared them and he was just he was sort of stating that it seems to be league wide now you know you just can't you can't bring your team to play every round against every other team you know because it's that even and uh, you know so maybe we're being a little bit harsh I don't know but I don't know I just think uh, yeah we'll get to port anyway but so the latter, West Coast, surprisingly top. Who would have thought that? Did you? Yeah, well, no, probably not. I didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> but uh, it's still early days, isn't it? It is early days. But, I mean, at least the latter is starting to take a bit of shape now. GWS is second with that draw in between uh, its first and third. North Melbourne is uh, at the top, three and two. Uh, Richmond's fourth, Geelong, Hawthorne, Adelaide and Port Adelaide as we've lost 30% over the last two weeks, our percentage. Yeah. And All that's going to happen when you lose this early in the season, you're always going to lose a lot of percent. But Well, especially when you, um, you only kick 50 points. Yeah. That's, uh, mm. that's pretty woeful. But anyway, let's get on to our controversial corner discussion topic that I have for this week. I think you'll like this one. Does Ken and Co have it in them? Have they lost the players, Macca? I don't think they've lost the players. Um, Do they have it in them? Well, that's really up for debate, isn't it? I, I think it's too early to call the season off. Um, I still hold faith that we're going to be successful this year and could still potentially make a grand final. Um, I think everyone just needs to take a bit of a deep breath. Yes, it was very disappointing against Essendon and even more so against Geelong. But as we've seen, every premiership team has bad games. Every premiership team has lost games that they shouldn't have. Um, It happens sometimes. Um, We just need to take a deep breath and... uh, Hopefully they can find a way to uh, to sort it out. Well, I guess the has the loss has he lost the players has sort of come from the fact that people are critical of Chad Wingard running around aimlessly, not really providing any value to the side in their view. Um, and uh, actually, Timmy G well, that, even that's... Uh, even Timmy G brought it up in the broadcast. He 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 even highlighted that that Chad's down. Um, you know. Look, he's down, but I think he's had one poor game this year, and that was this week against Geelong. He was, I haven't checked the stats today, but um, at the end of last round, I think he was in the top 10 for score involvements across the whole AFL. So it's not like he's not contributing. Um, he's contributing quite a bit still. He's just, look, Everyone's expectation of Chad is what we saw a few years ago as a up-and-coming junior star, where he was taking hangers and kicking goals out of his ass, and you know, a huge smile on his face, looked like he was loving life as a footballer. And it, I don't know, maybe it has changed for him. Maybe the daily grind of being a, a footballer has got to him a bit. Um, we know he's not a huge football fan. He doesn't sit at home and watch any other games. We know that. We've known that ever since he was drafted. Um, so maybe this is just a job for him now. Who knows? But, look, I, I think the expectations on him may still be a little bit too harsh. Uh, he doesn't have to be the match winner every week now because we've got other players that should be able to do it. Um, we've got a stacked team of, on, at least on paper, of stars. Um, and that's, uh, that's what we want, is to share the load so that if one player's down, others are going to step up. Um, now, that hasn't really happened so far this year. Um, but, yeah, my, I guess my point is that I think people are a little bit too harsh on Chad. And, um, yeah, he might be a little bit down, but, you know, it's a long season. 
Well, the other interesting thing I took away last night was I saw the video clip of, and everyone just remember I'm in a 12 hour time warp to you guys, so that's your day, your mornings and my nights, etc. But um, on the couch, we actually got some uh, mention, which was great. And uh, Gary Lyon tried his best to, to be that football analyst and pick on Port, and I, I thought it was comical, but. Um, Paul Ruse was sort of questioning whether other coaches being too clever. You know, we've got Travis Boak, um, who's a, a great inside midfielder or a great midfielder. They insist in playing on the half-forward flank. And you've got Robbie Gray, who's a great, you know, multi-dimensional forward midfielder, um, which is playing more midfield. And so he was sort of intimating, he thought that there was players being played out of position at the moment. So, well, um, you can't you can't fit everybody in there, can you? That, that's the problem. It's like, can you fit? Look, Robbie Gray might be our best forward, but he's also our best midfielder by a long, long way as well. No one can win clearances like Robbie Gray can. Um, he's by far the most damaging midfielder we've got on our list. Can you fit Robbie? You can't fit Robbie Gray, Brad Ebert, Tom Rockliffe, Travis Boak, Oliver Wines in the one midfield at the one time. It doesn't work. So players have to play elsewhere. So, you know, Boke's still getting some midfield minutes. I've actually really liked what Boke does as a forward. Like, I watched him really closely this week. He runs, he gut runs more than any other player on our list by an absolute mile. More than Brad Ebert, more than Westhoff, more than anyone else on our list. Um, he cops a raw deal as well, I think, Travis. Um, yeah, look, he should have nailed that first kick for goal. Absolutely, that was a huge mistake. And you just knew as soon as he missed that goal, here we go again. But is it his fault we lost? No. I thought he was one of our better players on the day. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, Travis is putting in just as much, if not more, than anyone else out there. Do you, uh, what do you think of uh, his fumbles? You're, you're happy with his fumbles? He only seems to fumble in the first sort of 15 minutes of games. Um, so get some Grippo on your hands, mate. Get, get the get the Grippo going. Do something. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, only seems to be the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. After that, he's all right. He gets his eye in. He's fine. Um, but look, he is certainly a bit fumbly early on. Uh, yes, exactly. He is very fumbly. And I mean, I, um, I sort of mentioned it and I got told, nah, it's not true. Um, but even Tim Ginevra brought up in the call... Uh, that it, that Travis is too fumbly and has been for quite a while. So it's there's not there's more than one great man that's noticing that Travis yeah. fumbling more than he used to. Sure, but he's also thirty years old and probably not at his peak now than what he was, you know, back a few years ago too. So um, look, I think Travis is contributing is contributing a lot to our team. Um, as I said, he runs a hell of a lot. He runs super hard. He tackles hard. Uh, again, he kicks goals. You know, he, he gets involved in score involvements. He keeps the ball inside our 50. Um, I, I like having him on a forward flank. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't think Ken's lost the players, but I think if he continues um, to uh, play that ridiculous game style that he did against Geelong... Um, he might lose the players. And, I mean, Chad did look very unstimulated against Geelong compared to what he has this season. Um, so, look, I think we're... I don't know where we are. I mean, I just... The, the look, I, I think rounds... we... I think we overrate our players. I think we overrate our own players. I think, you know, people pick on Bokey and look, he's a bit of an... I won't say he's an easy target, but he's an obvious target because he's the captain and he should be leading by example. And yes, he can be fumbly. Yes, he can do the, the wrong thing every now and then. But for the most part, I feel like he's doing his job. Um, you know, Brad Ebert gets off scot-free. He never gets any criticism, but what does he do? You know, what does he do out there? You know, Westhoff's the same. Look, Ollie Wines isn't as good as what he could be. Uh, Polek's gone backwards at a rate of knots. Uh, Tom Cleary, what's happened to him? He's an absolute... You know, he's just nowhere this year. Uh, Sam Gray just continues to make mistake after mistake. 
Charlie Dixon has a swan dive like nothing else I've seen this year. Uh, there's criticism over Wingard. I think that's fair enough. Guys, even guys like Carl Amon, some of the younger guys as well, they haven't developed um, much either over the last uh, sort of 12 months or so is what we probably would have hoped. Um, so look, I feel like there's a lot of the team that's not putting in, that's not living up to their end of the bargain. Uh, but we seem to just be picking on one or two players when it's uh, more like about 10 or 12 that aren't contributing at the moment. Yeah, well, that's right. It is teamwork. We're saying it, look, I think it's time that the coaches have a look in the mirror. And I know you're always big on protecting the coaches and, and saying the players need to work harder and get their, their crap together. Um, but I, uh, yeah, look, I think Chris Scott, Chris Scott proved it perfectly. He came with a actual game plan um, in mind to thwart Port Adelaide. And I haven't seen that from Port Adelaide. Um, you know, to actually try and actually um, have a, speci- a, a strategy to thwart or beat a team. We just, I don't know, I don't know what our strategy is sometimes. We're what, just trying to hit, hit hard or, um, or whatever and hit the body hard and win the contest and, and get the ball forward. It's, yeah, we, we seem to be lacking a little tact, a little bit of tactical mouse. And, uh, yeah, I don't... And those tactics in modern AFL of just holding possession... If you're going to hold possession of the ball, I think you've got to commit. Um, yeah, we just... Yeah, we need to commit and basically play soccer and just be stubborn and just not bring the ball forward. If we want, if we want to do it, because what we're doing is okay. Let's just hold it for a bit, and all right, let's just kick it in long. Now they've set their zone, and then we're screwed. And then it rebounds okay. back. So mm-hmm. I don't think we've got anything to gain, obviously, and the results showed that with what we did. Yeah, look, I'm not sure they came here with any sort of set game plan to beat us. I, I just think they beat us by doing what they do and how they play. Um, I think our issue... Look, we had every chance to win that game. We should have won that game. We had more of the ball. We had, um, you know, the same inside 50s, just as many tackles. You know, we had... It wasn't like Essendon where they sort of controlled the play a bit. Um, No, I felt that we had really long periods. I mean, it's the same old story. You know, we had long periods where we controlled the play and we just got nothing for it. Uh, You you look in the first... Disposals three hundred eighty nine to three forty seven, which came th- yeah. from us holding possession more of the ball. Twenty four to twenty three kicks in their favour. Clearances forty nine to forty four. Uh, inside fifties, pretty much one differential fifty two fifty three. Conte- contested possessions, we lost one forty three to one fifty seven. They did the t- more tackles by two, pardon me, and twenty more hitouts. Mm. So, yeah. I don't know. Look, look, let's just go straight into it. My my issue with the weekend was our skill level was absolutely diabolical. Um, I know everyone on Big Footy has sort of said, no, it's structure, it's coaching, you know, the, the coaching's all wrong, da-da-da. But for me, you know, when you miss so many simple kicks as we did on the weekend, it makes it very, very hard to win a game of footy. Like, you know, as, as I said before, Boak runs into an open goal and misses. Um... Uh, you, you had those two comical errors in the last quarter where uh, Jack Watts and a couple of other players managed to turn a three-on-one into a, a touch behind somehow. Um, you've got Lindsay Thomas missing Travis Boak in the goal square with a 15-metre kick by almost 10 metres, which was the worst kick I've ever seen in my life. Um, and, and then there were so many other kicks throughout the game, which uncontested kicks, 20 30-metre kicks, which just missed the target and, you know, dribbled out of bounds or were turned over. You can't win a game of footy when you're making that many simple mistakes. Um, We just couldn't find a way to hold on to the football. Uh, And and that was the big issue for for me on the weekend. It was like every time we looked like doing something, we would turn it over stupidly by our own errors. Um, I thought our structures were okay. I think we had the players out there that should have won the game. We had enough of the ball to win the game. We had enough of the ball in our forward line to win the game. But we just ruined it by our own inability to hit targets, 
And that's been something that we've spoken about on this podcast for the last, what, 210 episodes, I reckon. <laughs> because it just does not change, does it? It just does not change. It's, you know, ever, probably since halfway through 2014, we've been talking about skill level and it needs to improve. We need to hit targets. Uh, kicking for goals not good enough. Uh, efficiency inside 50 is not good enough. Um, uh, kick-ins are very one note we always do exactly the same thing every every time we kick in from behind it's very predictable you know these are the things we've been saying on here for you know forever and uh you know we've spoken about it a lot over the years well what are the coaches doing if they're i mean sure if we can see it they can see it well look there's no doubt they can see it it's just whether they've whether we have the players that can change it. And it's got to be said, we don't. Um, they've had long enough to be able to work on their skills to improve their craft, and they're just not capable of doing it. Um, and the sad thing is that, you know, really good kicks like Carl Amon and Dan Houston are now starting to make some really bad errors, just like the rest of the team, which is uh, very disappointing. Oh, Natalie on the chat room, uh, thanks for joining. Um... She said, uh, hit targets, yes, but we were run down over and over. No awareness or communication. And I agree completely. And I think that comes down to one of my criticisms for for the last three years, which has been we've lacked composure. I just don't think we're a composed team. Yeah, we got tackled a lot from behind over the weekend. Uh, There was probably three or four notable examples. Um, And it... And it just goes back to what you were saying before, Rick, in, in terms of teamwork. You, you've got to use your voice. Let players know. There was one, I think, in the last quarter where Jack Watts received a handball and just sort of slowly took off and uh, got run down holding the ball from behind before he was able to kick it. And you, there was four or five players around him. Just tell him, you know, there's someone on your hammer. You know, move your ass, kick the ball, do something, get on with it. Um, yeah. But it didn't happen. You know, that, that's another disappointing aspect, I guess, as well. But, you know, I, Ryan makes a good point on the speaker chat saying that um, we're unbalanced without Ryder. And, look, we, we probably are. Is Billy Frampton the answer to that? I'm not too sure. At this point in time, you know, he's had a lot of lot of time off. Is he fit enough to be able to ruck as much as what we need him to ruck? Because every ruckman in the AFL rucks at least 80% game time. Is Frampton mm. caped? capable of doing that I'm not too sure he is and if he's only capable of rucking 40 or 50% game time is it are we actually better off having him out there or are we better off having Howard in the ruck for the whole game someone that does have the the fitness level to do that job um, and bring in someone else to cover Howard well another controvers- uh, another controversy was that um, our mate James was uh, having a go at us basically saying riders costing us that game and you and I both agreed that even though rider is a loss we're not we're not saying he isn't and we're not saying that he doesn't affect our structures I don't think rider or not having him cost us this game because he doesn't make our no. players kick better no in general rider no. rider would not have made any difference between us winning or losing that game um, because our issue wasn't getting our hands on the ball it wasn't uh, winning the ball out of the center um, and I don't think that um, Howard playing the whole game down back would have made any real difference because it was their smalls that really did the damage and they didn't really have any tall forwards out there anyway really um, so yeah for me I don't think Ryder would have been the difference between us winning and losing that game I think Todd Marshall being the late out uh, I think that had a huge impact because that really robbed us of another tall target up forward. Um, and, and bringing in Lim- Lindsay Thomas, you know, I, I'm not too sure that was the right idea. Um, you know that they had, you know they had Blitzarves as their only key defender out there, and uh, having Toddy Marshall out there would have uh, would have really exploited their lack of height down back. I think. Well, I guess this is where it's frustrating for me. I'd rather us have a system, right? We have a system, and if someone goes down a toll, we bring in another toll. Regardless of how young or inexperienced or, or whatever the toll is. And then 
okay, that tall might not perform as good as the, the next tall because of their maturity or their talent or whatever. But in the right system, they play their role. And yeah. we, we don't seem to do that. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. We, we don't seem to have uh, that structure and game plan um, to be able to do it. And yeah, so then, you know, oh, we lose, we lose a tall. Well then, oh shit, we, we got to drop this and move that. And, you know, the system just goes out the window. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't, I think the coaches are a little bit lost. I don't even know if they have belief in what they're actually doing as a game plan. We just seem very stagnant this year. Um, we're clearly playing a different type of football. We're trying to maintain possession of the ball, which is something that we had an issue doing last last year, I think, at times. Um, so we're trying to change things up. Is it working? I mean, at this point in time, you've got to say probably not. Um, you know, we've just lost again to a, a good team, um, which is uh, which is bitterly disappointing. I, Came across a stat, I think, um, on the weekend, and we haven't beaten a final side at Adelaide Oval since uh, early 2015. So pretty much three years to the day since we beat a decent team at our own home ground. Mm. That's a ter- terrible record to have. Yes, I agree with you. I mean, you know, it's it's insipid, and I, I was thinking, I read this, I read um, Yoli Wine's uh, interview where we sort of start, they started, you know, it doesn't matter if we're playing away, we'll have a stronger run at home leading into the, the finals run. And I was thinking, well, that's not going to help us. We've been woeful. Yeah. Under pressure mm. against the good sides anywhere, but especially at home, uh, we've crumpled and the opposition teams must be laughing. You know, <laughs> and again, it just comes back to lack of system, lack of structure and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as too Annie on Port Adelaide and stuff like that. I love them, but I, uh, you know, I thought our intensity was down, which you sort of spoke about. Um, you know, we've spoken about Boat, we've spoken about Wingard, we've spoken about Thomas. Um, we've sort of intimated, like, to me, the senior core, um, Westhoff, Boak, Gray, Ebert. You know, these are the, the perennial guys. You know, they're our main fixtures. And even though Gray, Robbie Gray's you know, our best player, he still, for uh, such a good player, makes fundamentally easy mistakes. And, you know, these guys are our repeat selections week in, week out. We've built the team around for 10 years and it hasn't worked. You know? Yeah. And uh, and something has to happen, right? Well, that's, because... well that's, that's why we've made some pretty decent changes this year. That's why we brought in Mollop and Rockliffe and Watts was to try and change... Uh, the senior players that we had out there. That's why, um, you know, Brody hasn't got a game. Pittard's out of the side. Yeah. Well, there's a lot Brody's, of senior players Brody's that. Pittard. Yeah, you're Pittard's right. Brody is injured, but he injured. would he be would he be playing now if he wasn't injured? I wouldn't think so. No, uh, I don't know. I don't think they, he would be. I don't. Know, I don't know if they've got the Kahuna's to to keep those sort of players out. They. But I guess all I'm trying to say is that I think we need to have a look at you know Westoff, Boat, and Eva especially. Um, are they really? Are they taking us where we need to go going forward? Right. Well, Westoff's had Westoff's had a good year, and individually, he, like individually, he's had a good year, and he's again he's been thrown about in positions that he has no right to be in. Like he's not a ruckman. He's never been a ruckman. He's never going to be a ruckman. Um, that's the end of that's the end of it full stop um, but we keep playing him in the ruck where he gets hammered <laughs> you know he's he's not the answer to our uh, you know rider woes um, but we keep going down that path which is very very frustrating and disappointing um, Ebert I, I love Brad Ebert I think he's a good player but when push comes to shove in big games does he do enough like he's got no hurt factor that's the issue with Ebert and we spoke about the members convention and all that, and everyone knows that was there knows what the plan was. You know, you've got to stay on the runway, and you know, got to go down the corridor and kick it straight. Ebert is the number one culprit of kicking wide, kicking to pockets, kicking down the wings, 
He's in the middle. He looks sideways. He kicks sideways. He is the number one culprit of doing what the coaches don't want us to do. Um, and for me, that's very disappointing from a senior player. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Ryan's just said he hasn't seen um, any of those three players being part of our current dilemmas. Um, but I sort of disagree because they're, they're our leaders. They're setting the tone, right? And the leaders lead and they set the example and the rest follow, right? And the thing is, we've failed for... Um, really, we've failed for the last 10 years, right? Even though we got thumped in the grand final, we made the grand final. So, you know, that's an achievement making the grand final, sort of. Um, you know, but since then, we've, we've been pretty insipid. Um, so, uh, you know, the leaders need to raise the standard to make the other players walk taller and yeah. perform stronger look, look, I don't and think... perform better. I don't think the three that you mentioned have been the problem. I think if we, if I was to pick three players that really need to lift, who are very, very important to our structure and our game style, who have not delivered much this year, that's Jared Polek, that's Tom Cleary, and that's Charlie Dixon. They're three players who are absolutely vital to our side. Tom Cleary's been nowhere near the form he was in last year. Um... As soon as Ryder comes back in, he should be the one that gets dropped because Jack Homsch came back in and had the best game he's probably had in three years on the weekend. Um, he looked revitalised. He was in the right role for him. I thought he was absolutely wonderful. As soon as Howard goes down back to full back, Cleary's under the pump to stay on the side, in my opinion. Um, look, Charlie Dixon's just... You know, he's badly out of form you know he's not marking the ball he's not taking his shots he's not kicking goals when he does get a chance to have a shot um you know we we put all our eggs in the charlie dixon basket and uh the basket's got some pretty big holes in it at the moment and jared Pollock, um he's just become so predictable like what's happened to jared Pollock and his kicking because his kicking is nowhere near as good as what it used to be back through 14 15 16 when was he out injured? 15. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a bit of a Even last year, like, like Polig was wonderful last year. He was one of our best players um, last year, I thought. Um, but this year, he's just become so predictable in, in what he does when he gets the ball, how he moves. He always sort of props, goes back, kicks the same way. Um, you know, gone are the days where you could count on him having 20 kicks and hitting tw 20 targets every week. Well, I just think, uh, like, that's long bl blaming Armon, blaming Need, blaming Sam Gray, you know, it's the same old, same old. It's the, the, it's the, the fringe players that are being scapegoated. And, and we're expecting those fringe players, you know, to be the influencers and, okay, well, they're gone. Um, so, um, you know, I just don't see it. You know, it's, it's the, it's the senior players. I, I, that's what I think anyway, but anyway, we've got to keep I, the show. I see just, uh, before we move on, I see a lot of people questioning my, uh, criticism of Polek and you too, Rick has said, uh, Maca has an agenda with Polek. I've got no agenda with Polek. He's <laughs> one of my favorites when he's in form and we know his kicking can, can be and should be the best kick in the site because, when he's on, he doesn't miss targets. Uh, he's a, a straight-line player. Um, but this year, I think I feel like he's become very predictable from an opposition point of view on how he plays. And it's not a matter of him getting the ball. He's getting a lot of the football. He's getting heaps of the footy. That's not an issue. But you've got to look beyond that and look at what happens when he actually does get the ball. That's what I've got an issue with. I think teams are corralling him well this year. Exactly. Exactly right, and exactly not allowing right. him to rotate back onto. But it's his, also uh, it's also where he's choosing to run, it's the directions he's choosing to run, and oh, I feel like he's got other options. He needs to get rid of the ball a bit quicker, uh, as opposed to running his twenty meters, stopping, propping, and then kicking off one foot straight down the line to uh, a throw in or straight down to an uh, an opponent. Um, and that's the issue that I've got. It's not the fact that he's not getting the ball. I 
you know, I think he's trying his heart out out there. I just feel he's become predictable, and his ball use has become in the last three weeks has become a bit of a liability. Yeah, I can't um, disagree with you there. But um, anyway, to keep the show moving on, it's agree or disagree time, Maka. Oh, I have my top three. Hamish Hartlett, you, you are going to yep. disagree. Jack Homsch, which I, th- I thought played a fantastic game for a guy yes. that underperformed last year and started out of the side. Hugely influential. And Absolutely. then I had Jared yep. Pollock. And I had Hamish Hartlett. I had Hamish as our best player because I, I thought the courage that he... Uh, illustrated coming back on the ground and still having a massive influence. And as you would know, I've sort of been critical of Hamish over the journey, but I think his 2018 has been a very leadership-based 2018. I think he's been fantastic. So Look, that is my Hammer top three. Hammer was great last year. Hammer, I agree with 100%. He was really, really good. And look... If... If I cop that sort of head knock, I would be a vegetable. I'd be in a coma for the rest of my life, and then someone, my wife, would pull the plug, no doubt, and uh, that'd be the end of me. Like, how do you come back from that sort of head knock? Dangerfield as well. Like, how hard's his head, for God's sake? Um, you know, to cop that sort of head knock and uh, come back on the field and have a really, really important second half, like Hamish Harlett did. I thought was uh, was incredible because he looked gone for all money if, uh, after that hit. Uh, and look, Jackie Homsch, how good was that? I've been, hot, you know, I've been highly critical of Jack Homsch the last probably two and a half years because I think we've tried to play him in a role that he's not suitable to. Um, to bring him back in and play him as that third uh, tall backman where he can intercept, which he is one of the best in the AFL at, and uh, you know, run in front and. Uh, couple of really great courageous marks from him as well and he used the ball really really well too um that was great that made me so happy to see him come in and have that sort of game because uh, i feel like as a supporter base we've all been feeling like maybe homsch will never get back to his best because of his injuries he's lost his mojo a bit but i think it showed on the weekend uh he can still perform at afl level which is great my other, my third best player was probably Robbie Gray because I thought he was just the, the one guy in the engine room that was just getting the ball uh, the whole time. Um, yeah, look, he could have used it a bit better. Uh, he needs to actually start nailing his shots at some point in his career. Um, his snapshot ability is horrific. Um, but he was probably my third best player out there. Yeah, Robbie was a great player. We can only pick three and... Um... Now, the question is that I put Pollock in my top three just to stir you up, Macca, or did I actually believe it? I actually did believe it. I thought Pollock had a good game. And I think you're being a little bit harsh on uh, Jared. I think he's had a pretty good year, except for uh, not being able to naturally get onto his left foot as much as what we'd like. But um, I think Well, 20, been... 25 disposals at 56% efficiency, is that good enough for your number one uh, kick in the team? I don't think it is. Yeah, he was under pressure, but he was still provide, getting in the right spots and, and providing run and carry and, uh, yeah, all that sort of stuff. And Natalie agrees with me. She thinks you're picking on uh, Pollock a little bit there. And I'd like to know what Porsche, who is very critical of Jack's, Jack Homp's um, position in the side, what she thought of uh, old Homp's uh, game. Let me grab the big footy questions. I've lost them. Where are they? Just before we move on, quickly, yes. what did you think of Jakey Need? Because I guess he was another sort of controversial inclusion. Um, I thought he was reasonably decent. I thought Jakey Need was good. I, um, I, uh, yeah, I don't think he was best on ground. I don't think he was great, but I think Jake did his job, and I think he's one of those malign players that we have. Um, you know that people just want to naturally pick on, especially when we're not doing well, but. Um, yeah, he does, he's a role player and he does do his job. And look, he kicked a couple of goals and I think he was unlucky. He probably should have got a high tackle that he didn't get. Might have resulted in something for us and uh, yeah, execute under pressure. What else uh, can he do? 
Yeah, I thought he was good. He kicked two really, really good goals, and uh, he had an impact out there. And um, you know, he was just about the only guy in the first half that was capable of scoring for us. So that was uh, that was a bonus. And last of all, Lindsay Thomas. Forget about the uh, the suspension and the bumps. When he's back available to be picked, did he show enough out there on the weekend to deserve another game? No, uh, maybe, maybe not. Had that fluff in the last quarter. Had that great goal that he kicked. Uh, I don't know. I'd say he was okay. Um, you know, I definitely would like Todd Marshall in the side above Lindsay Thomas, that's for sure. Uh, I'd probably like to see a, a Joe Attlee uh, have a couple games up forward even if he can't fit in the midfield, just to, to see. I think I'd rather some young people doing what they do yeah. than Lindsay Thomas. I mean, really, to play Lindsay Thomas, a 29-year-old player... Um, I'd be expecting, you know, high team disposals and a few, or, you know, a multiple goal scorer um, consistently uh, to really, uh, yeah, it's, um, so yeah, that's my answer. Yep, fair enough. Um, oh, Porsche came back and said that Homsch was given his ideal role in the side whilst the rest of the defence missed Howard. Um Howard is super important. Yes, I think we all agree with that. All right, big footy question time or questions in general time. Uh, Capital Power would like to know, you know, what does Amon offer that Frampton doesn't? I don't know. Amon is your love child, Macca. So he what do you think? Is my lo- he's a very attractive young man, um, Carl Amon. He's a beautiful boy. Uh, what does he offer that Frampton doesn't well the, the entirely different players for a start um and picked for completely different reasons Look, amon probably didn't have a great game and uh yeah probably doesn't deserve to be picked next week i don't think on what he showed um unfortunately for him uh but we all know what uh, his good traits are he's a great kick um he's good on the outside he can kick goals he hits players on the chest inside 50. That's what he's in the side for. Um, he didn't no do much of that on the weekend. No disposals in the first quarter, Macca. Well, how, how long was he on the ground for? I don't know. Not, no disposals not like, on the first quarter. Not like he, he, was on the, on the he wasn't on the ground for the whole game. He was a midfielder. He well, didn't there were other sit players on the bench the whole first quarter. Before. No, I think he played about 10 minutes. Um, yeah, look, he was poor, as I just said. I don't think he deserves to play next week. Um, whether we can make that sort of decision or not, given that uh, all the reserves players are going to play on a Wednesday, I'm not too sure. Um, so maybe he just gets a game by default next week. Um, not sure, but yeah, look, I expect more from him. And uh, look, I guess his side with, with Motlop in the team, Polek in the team, I guess his... Uh, his spot in the side has to come under a bit of question if he's not performing. Absolutely. Has Frampton um, got a line through his name? Have coaches made a call on Frampton? I don't think so. I think Ken's said plenty of times that he's got high hopes for Frampton. And I, I remember him saying on radio at the end of last year that um, the reason why he went into surgery was so he could be ready because uh, we're going to need him this year. So whatever's happened in the off-season, maybe... His uh, recovery has been slower than expected. Uh, maybe he's not been putting in as expected, and therefore his fitness isn't up to standard. I think, uh, and I think this is where Kenny's comment was misconstrued last week, where he said Frampton's not ready. I don't think he meant Frampton is never ready this year. He's not ever going to play a game of football. I think he just meant Frampton this week right now is not ready to play a game of AFL football um, I expect him to play games this year and I expect him to, to perform well when he gets his chance because I think he's the sort of player that's going to rise to the level of AFL football and um, once he's in hopefully he stays in um, I think Raman needs a hug why is <laughs> everything just completely terrible all the time poor man come on buddy it's okay it's- he needs a cuddle it's, it's a game of football. I mean, you just have to ask Todd Marshall and, and other people like Todd that are going through, you know, 
horrific family stuff that it is actually a game at the end and of the day. So, um, look, yeah. Big Footy was a tough place to read on Saturday night and Sunday and Monday and today. You know, there's a lot of, you know, the, the, the natives are restless, that's for sure, and with good reason, you know. Yeah. It's about time we've got to start winning these games against good opposition. We're not going to be anything if we never play any good um, just against it's a teams bit rich, that matter. It's a bit rich for me. Um, Ken Hinckley coming out saying we're a work in progress. Right? He's had five years now to turn this from a work in progress um, into a hardcore, serious developing AFL final side. And, you know, I think it's becoming a bit um, repetitive. Yeah, look, we're not laying down the foundations anymore. We should be choosing the carpet and the bloody head and the fixtures. You know, but, yeah. we, we know the ex- expectation this year was we are a premiership threat. And uh, at this point in time, um, the last two weeks have been bitterly disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah, I agree. And I just think that, yeah, those... He can't come out and say that we're, we're still a work in progress. I mean, he, his term has been pretty much almost a, a list generation term, five, five, five years. Six, this is six season now. Um, yeah. You know, that you almost have a full list rotation except for your, your 10 core senior players. Um, yeah. You know, so he, there's no excuses. It's his list. Uh, it's no, his coaching absolutely panel. Absolutely wrong. Uh, I'm wrong or right? No, you're 100% right. 100% right. I think this is part of the issue is that I think a lot of people just want to see can he get angry and get upset and say, no, this is not good enough. You know, you know, player X, Y, Z did not deliver, and they've got to have a good hard look at themselves. That's what I think a lot of people want to see. Not this, oh yeah, Geelong are a really good side. They'll play finals this year, and you know they're really hard to beat. And you know, we just, you know, we put in almost a good enough effort, but we just weren't quite there. And da da da. You know, it just it would just be not. Uh, we know that he probably gets seriously bloody angry behind closed doors. But we need to see that as a supporter base because we're the ones buying the memberships and we're the ones that are getting pretty restless right now. Yeah, it's you know, and it's we're not seeing any forward progress in his in his term as coach, uh, which we've so, spoken about. So um, Ryan's just brought up that Rockley's playing in the Maggies. He's been selected for the Maggies um, on yep. the week on Wednesday. I, I think that's a good move. I think he needs to run at a lower level and uh, hopefully he can get 45 touches which I think he probably will um, at that sort of level and it looks like we're playing the um, the same team then uh, or same squad for North Melbourne and look I guess it I don't know if he's got a calf injury I think it's great for him to be regaining his fitness in the seconds Why, why bring him back underdone and why bring someone back with a calf injury on a very hard and firm Eddie had surface it's it's actually not going to do him that well. So it makes no, sense. I, th- I think it's good. I think it's good that he can go out there and get a good run at SANFL level and he's going to get an extra break to recover from that as well. And uh, hopefully he comes back week after next and uh, he's good to go. Yeah. All right. We've, uh, we've gone over time with our ranting and raving and complaining and uh, have we should have a little bit of optimism where where's the future what's going to improve for us coming forward over the next uh block as a footy club you know i'm hoping sam Pau pepper will be coming back soon uh hopefully marshall recovers quickly and he'll be back uh into the fold soon and i guess that this is where the footy club environment i'd imagine can be really great for for players in this sort of situation because they can be surrounded with support uh, and love and I guess we've got the China game coming up in under a month um, so that's exciting um, what's the uh, what's the exciting things for you Macca? Look I'm still optimistic that we're going to have success this year I'm not writing the season off um, I'm still taking the glass half full approach um, 
look, a good win this week. And I think, look, the turning point's got to be the showdown. We, we have to beat the Crows. If we can beat the Crows for the first time in, what, three years, um, who are a, a really good side, uh, they're playing at home, obviously. I think pretty sure it's in front of their home crowd, this this one. Uh, if we can win that one, I'm, I'm going to view that as the turning point of the season and we will have success this year mm. if we beat the Crows. That would be nice. Let's uh, wait and see. Pray for me too, Macca. I'm going, I'm going on a uh, carb, carb detox. for A carb yeah. detox. I, okay. Uh, so you I, don't eat meat, you're not eating carbs. What are you eating then? Uh, good question. <laughs> I'll be a breatharian. <laughs> I, I haven't thought about that yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be eating salad, greens, and mushrooms, and eggs, protein. Lots and lots of broccoli. Lots of broccoli. Um, <laughs> so pray for me. Pray for Portia. She'll have to put up with me. I might be ranting on that. On uh, Thursday night, but uh, in, everyone enjoy their Anzac Day, and uh, yeah, let's think of the uh, respect and think of the fallen Anzacs and their families Absolutely. tomorrow. Definitely. All right, thank you everyone for joining in. Thank you for all the Macca followers that came back into the chat room, hearing that Macca is back, and uh, thanks, thanks Macca for uh, yeah. We'll speak to you again soon. Any time, mate. Yeah. All right. We'll uh, we'll be back on Thursday, I believe, unless uh, Portia and I have an argument over uh, Homsch. Ciao, ciao. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That is it. Good way to go. Punched away by Michael at ground level. Here's a chance for Stevens. Stevens goes high and long towards the goal square. Two or two. Bergwijn almost brought it down. Here's James. He's had a marvellous game. Sick.